Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Today's gospel scene starts with Jesus passing by a group of ten lepers. And I've told you all many times before what a horrible disease leprosy was before and after the time of Jesus, all the way up until the development of antibiotics in the mid-20th century. The organism that causes leprosy attacks and causes severe damage to the skin, the nerves, the eyes, and the limbs. The nerve damage makes the limbs slowly become numb, and the victims cannot avoid injuring them. And those injuries get infected, and they don't heal properly, and so those parts of their body simply slowly rot away. And you can imagine what that looks like, and you've probably seen some pictures of it, but that doesn't capture the smell. These folks would smell of slowly rotting flesh. And so for the people afflicted by this disease, it wasn't just a health problem. In, in fact, more likely distressing to those afflicted, it was a severe social problem. You were an outcast. You weren't allowed to go to the temple and participate in the religious life of your community. You had to stay far from everyone. So you couldn't do any work. You were forced to beg to survive. Even your friends and your family would disown you. And probably the closest thing today to this would be living in the squalidness of absolute poverty. But even then, you would most likely, or could at least, have your family to support you. And the church, if it's acting as it should, would take you in and let you stand alongside others so you could worship God properly. And so to get out of such a terrible predicament would take an act of God. But as we see throughout the scriptures, God rarely acts unilaterally. It takes us or our neighbor asking God for his mercy. Why? Because God respects our autonomy. After all, he gave it to us. He gave us our will, our freedom. And we can do with it what we want. And as I've noted before, in so doing, God gave up some of his power, some of his omnipotence, because he gave us a free will that he will not violate. And why is that? Well, because in order to love, you have to have a free will. God wants our love, but we can only give it to him if we are free. You can't force someone to love you. So unsurprisingly, God just doesn't heal these lepers as he walks by, but the lepers ask for God's mercy. And I think uh, we all recognize that there's a prerequisite to asking for God's mercy. You have to recognize you have a problem. That's easy, I assume, if you're a person with leprosy in the first century. But all too often, those not just outside the church, but you and me right here in this church building don't even see our rotting wounds and how offensive they are to those we interact with daily. We fail to see how all those things that St. Paul listed out, among them self-centeredness, our materialism, our anger, our lying, our sexual extravagance, our pride, our theft, are rotting us away. And how much they stink and make others want to be nowhere near us. Unlike leprosy in the ancient world, we have a disease we can control. We have the antibiotics, the chemotherapy to control and cure our disease of sin if we place our mind in the proper place over our hearts. Take the lead of the Holy Spirit, as St. Paul tells us. But to do that, we need the mercy and love of God. And the good news is that God has plenty of mercy, love, and grace to solve any of our problems. And he didn't wait for us to ask, but while we were still sinners, he came down here, became man, and freely accepted the death of the cross to ensure that when we ask, there would be a bottomless pot of gold for those willing to ask God for his mercy. 
And yet reminding us of one of these themes that God doesn't act unilaterally. He saved us through the consent of a young virgin willing to become his mother. Be it unto me according to your will, she said on that day, that changed the course of human history, that changed the course of humanity. And I hope today you will join in saying to God, be it unto me according to your will, so that you can examine your life, find your wounds, and beg God for his mercy. However, many times when we ask God for something, we don't see anything change. And that's true here. I'm quite certain that some, if not all, of these people afflicted by leprosy had asked God before to take their leprosy away before Jesus walked by that day. And have you given, have you given up asking God for something because you think he's not listening? Have you decided that God does not want to fix something that isn't quite right in your life? I can assure you that God wants to make you and his entire creation right. That's the good news that we were talking about just a moment ago. But we can easily fall into despondency. That's when we begin to believe that it isn't even worth asking for help because nothing will ever change. The fathers and the mothers of the church warn us that that's one of the worst sins we can fall into, despondency. I'm here to remind you that there is nothing further from the truth. God is always there, always willing to help us if we ask, if we listen. So why do we not see progress? Well, there can be several reasons. First, perhaps we don't hear Jesus' response. Are we listening when he says, go, show yourselves to the priest? Or are we too focused on ourselves to hear God's still, quiet voice? Second, maybe we hear Jesus and we don't think it seems right. I'm sure the folks in this story felt that way. I probably would have said, what are you talking about, Jesus? I can't go show myself to the priest. Look at me. Nothing's changed. I'm still a leper. I'm not allowed anywhere near the temple. I'm not even allowed to get closer to you. Is this just your way, polite way of saying, get lost, Jesus? Well, now, I, I don't want you blindly listening, of course, to whatever thought walks into your mind. You have to be sure it's Jesus talking. You need to beware of false prophets. And I'm sure there were all sorts of stories of folk remedies or false healers asking these lepers to do things that wouldn't, didn't work, couldn't. Sometimes it isn't as obvious as Jesus standing close to us and saying, go, show yourselves to the priest. And we need a little help getting there. And that's part of my job as a priest, to help you discern whether you're hearing what you're hearing is from God or not. And of course, we could set up a time to talk, or it can be part of the sacrament of confession, reconciliation that Christ gave us as a gift in his church for that very purpose. Third and finally, it can be because God knows we aren't ready to go to the next level we see in the story. We're not ready to act with faith. As I just noticed, it noted, it would seem, it seemed quite bizarre that Jesus asked them to go and show themselves to the priest. They first needed to be healed before they could do that. There's this lengthy ritual prescribed in Leviticus 14 that restored the person to the community, but that was done after the person had recovered. If these folks would have looked down at themselves and said, I'm just as sick as I was before. However, they knew they were listening to the master, and after all, after all, they called him that, recognizing his authority. And they were ready, and they acted with faith anyway. They got up, turned around, and went to show themselves to the priest. And indeed, when they did this, they were miraculously healed of their leprosy along the way. All ten of them were physically healed, which is great. But only one was completely healed, and that was the one who returned to give Jesus thanks. The reward was great. Jesus said to him that his faith had made him whole. 
And Jesus wasn't just talking about his leprosy. He was talking about his entire being. That word is, is saved. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. And that word means to be saved, healed, and rescued in the, in the Greek. And it's frequently used in the Bible to talk about salvation from the penalties of the Messianic judgment, to be delivered by the Messiah, even though here it has that more general meaning. And what it means here is that that Samaritan got more than physical healing from this experience. He was healed, body, soul, and mind. And so the one that returned to give thanks after asking for mercy and acting with faith was the one that received the greatest reward. So I hope today again that you will beg for God's mercy, examine yourselves, ask for God's mercy and help, align yourself and be led by the Holy Spirit, act with faith and give thanks so that God can save you, mind, body, and soul. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.